To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody, streaming live on YouTube. Positive Sarcasm Podcast and Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, CastBox, and Podcast Addict, and pretty much anywhere where podcasts are available on an RSS feed. And of course, you can find all my clips on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com slash POS Positive Sarcasm, and POS Sarcasm. And uh, yeah, well, if you want to find me directly, just go to positivesarcasm.com, check out all my contact information, email me directly. It's great. How's everybody doing today? Thank you. Welcome to all the new subscribers. I don't know where you are in the world and I don't know what you're doing right now, but if you listen to me over the past few weeks, greatly appreciate it. If you're just jumping on board, make sure you hit the bell to turn on notifications for the YouTube channel. And of course, subscribe to wherever you podcasts are available. And of course, thank you if you do watch the live stream. Uh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. Just finishing up, uh, oh, I didn't bring the coffee in today. No, co- uh, I do have coffee today, but it is not, uh, I actually just finished off the last brand. I am officially basically done with the Pete's coffee that's going up on the wall of the wall of Java, and I'm actually going to move it over here to my parking by permit sign. So you'll get to see, uh, for, I have a, uh, Johnny Monotone will be back in studio on March 1st. And, of course, you'll be able to see all the coffees right behind his head that I've been drinking since I resurrected this podcast. And all the new subscribers, of course, here, welcome. I got a bunch of articles here today. I got the thing about, I want to talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog if I get a chance, why Microsoft 10 is failing miserably, of course, according to the articles. Hashtag, 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 excuse me, hashtag, fake, hashtag, hashtag, fake, fake news. Uh, better nutrition guidelines, healthy honey, Trump's, uh, well, not Trump, but just the fact that NASA has approved a $25 million budget. Therefore, we can go to the moon and possibly to Mars. 
quite frankly, I drink any more coffee, I'm going to be on fucking Pluto. Is that really, is that still a planet? I'm not really sure. Hmm. I should hit reset on that. And, of course, Q&A. I got some weird ones. Uh, something to do with uh, free babysitting, mom giving. Oh, was that from yesterday's? Nope, that's weird. Okay, so I got dig Q&A, and um, maybe I'll sign off. And I'll sign off, of course, with stocks to watch using the Robinhood app. And uh, just some uh, w- kind words of wisdom for your cable company in case they are jacking your, the rate up, jacking your bill up, which more than likely they are. Uh, if you're not familiar, if you're just coming into the podcast for the very first time or if you don't know much about Positive Sarcasm, I am the owner and operator and uh, shit talker of this website and of the entire community. I have collaborators that I work with from time to time and uh, I do a lot of videography. I do a lot of video editing and concept work. I've been, I started this podcast back in 2014 and um, I resurrected it about, I resurrected it just over a year and a half ago. I think about a year and a half ago. And I decided, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. And I indeed have. I moved into the new studio uh, about six months ago. And it's been running great ever since. I just signed on to, I just left Twitch about two months ago and signed on to the YouTube channel with the new Positive Sarcasm podcast YouTube channel. I also have the regular Positive Sarcasm channel, but uh, I figured I'd split those two. And I, I started that just a couple months ago, and things have been going relatively well. Uh, my technology has increased uh, quite a lot since I started doing this, and there's a lot more room here. I enjoy myself. I drink a lot of coffee. I have uh, guests here from time to time. And I've been, since I, and I just signed off from Comcast, and I've been uh, using a, uh, a, a different thing for that. I'm still working with making sure that my live streams are going through, uh, that they're uninterrupted during the day. But sometimes it's difficult, so I'm working on extenders and just trying to keep the stream going without any uh, with any crashes. It happens often, especially on Facebook. So I'm working to make sure that uh, there's really no interruptions like we're having right now. But in the meantime, I did want to jump into um, actually right now the Facebook thing is going right now. Facebook is crashed, so I'm going to try to let me see here. I'm trying to, I try to talk through these things, but sometimes it's a real bitch. So let me just go ahead and I'm going to hit pause real quick, and I'm going to see if I can fix the problem. Sorry about that. I had to switch over to a different Wi-Fi setup, but we're good to go right now. Let's just jump right into the article since I was blabbing my mouth off about the origin story. The origin story, if you want to know about the origins of positive sarcasm, you can just go to my reps- website. You can watch the original YouTube videos. You can review the original podcasts, and you can check out the articles. So let's go ahead and get to the original. Okay, just this past weekend. Also, I do have a movie review section, so I do chat about movies every now and then. Mm. So here's the thing. When I, I know companies nowadays are there, it's it's weird when uh, there's a lot of reboots and resets and video games and comic book movies and shit like that. I, I get it. A lot of people are kind of sick of the nostalgia. Like they, there's like nostalgia overload at this point. But here's the here's I'm gonna give kudos to the studios that like Paramount for example. Paramount released a trailer a few months back about regarding Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sonic the Hedgehog the the they showed the trailer they did the teaser. The problem was when they showed the trailer. You can go and Google Sonic the Hedgehog uh, before and after when they released the trailer. Sonic did not look anything like the video game from from uh, Sega Genesis back in the day. And here's the thing. 
if you're going to release a video game or you're going to release or you're going to release anything in general that has video game adaptations, comic book adaptations, you better make damn sure that you're going to make any alterations. It doesn't it doesn't um insult the original content that was already made. And the the Sonic the Hedgehog they were going to put in the movie where it looked nothing like the Sonic the Hedgehog that um was in the video game. And the internet went crazy. Reddit went nuts. Uh, 4chan went nuts. Facebook, Twitter went nuts, and everybody went after the everyone. They all went after Paramount's publishing and their CGI uh, team and stuff like that. And this is the one one of the few times that the studio actually listened to the fans. And it's the one time that bullying and shaming actually actually no bullying and shaming works all the time. This is one time where it actually worked with the woke. Uh, community over there at the at the Hollywood studios, and they went and they back and this is not like Cats because Cats was doomed to fail from the very beginning, but this they went back and they redid all the CGI for Sonic and made him look almost exactly like the video game character, and because they just because they did that one simple thing, it let everybody know that Paramount said hey, and ev- and the companies the directorial companies all behind Sonic the Hedgehog said hey you know what we heard you. We're listening. We want you. We want you to see the movie. We want your money first of all. So we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna fix this movie to make it look a lot like the video game adaptation to pay tribute to the actual video game. And because they did that, on top of the movie actually being entertaining, not just for kids but for adults. And this game is like thirty years old. But the fact is, is that if it's a good movie and you can have kids go see it and the parents are gonna enjoy it, then guess what? You're going to make money. And indeed they did. On just an $85 million production budget, Sonic the Hedgehog on a four-day weekend, President's Day weekend, hauled in over $70 million with about a $50 million release uh, for three days. And of course, this movie will play very well overseas. Japan, China, Europe. It'll do relatively well. So this will definitely be a movie that can make three, four, five hundred million dollars million. Plus the fact that it's a good movie. On top of that, I'm actually curious about actually going to see it myself. But I like the fact that the company, the publishing company, actually listened to the audience. And if they would do more than that, instead of just going the woke route, I think the a lot of these movies that they're hoping to do well anyways by just like shoving that food in your face that you don't necessarily want, but they're telling you what you want, that's different. Now, they didn't. Now I haven't seen the movie yet, but the actual critics. The, not the actual critics. Fuck the critics. I'm talking about the actual audience. The audience responded with, an, first of all, an 85%. I know it's Rotten Tomatoes, and I know they're not real, but the audience on Rotten Tomatoes responded at an 85%. The audience on IMDb responded very positively as well. So that's great. I think it's this is like a happy story. This is a happy story where a company, a big company, tried to put out a movie, and when they re- originally released the idea of the product, the people said no. And it came right back to them. And they said, we will fix this. And it must have, and it's a huge, that's a big thing is if they're going to go back and remake CGI, that's money out of their pocket. So they took more money out of their pocket to fix the problem. And indeed, it paid off. So kudos to Paramount. Kudos to the, to the, um, to the, everybody who did, all the other companies under it that uh, did the extra work to make this product decent. And the fact that this movie's doing good, Great. 
good on him. And let me just check out, let me just read the first few paragraphs of it. This is from Box Office Mojo. This is where you want to go if you want to actually see how much a movie costs to make, not including advertising, and what did it make overall, What is it, where does it rank overall as far as money's concerned, not anything else. Paramount Sonic the Hedgehog exploded onto screens this President's Day weekend, delivering the largest opening ever for a video game adaptation to go along with its record estimated $68 million four-day holiday debut. Um, estimated 53, an estimated 57 million three-day performance. Paramount Sonic the Hedgehog topped last May's Pokemon Detective Pikachu to become the largest three-day opening ever for a video game adaptation. It also launched in 40 markets, 40 markets this weekend, with an additional 43 million on dollars on top of that. So estimated 100 million dollar global haul in its first weekend. It'll probably make another. I'd say thirty to fifty million dollars easily on top of that. So this movie's gonna kill right off the bat, and this movie should last at least, I don't know, eight to ten weeks solid in the theaters. So it's gonna do very, very well. And next weekend it opens up in Russia, then it'll release in Japan, and they haven't set a date yet for China, but it'll probably do well in China. Uh, as far as Birds of Prey, I'm not really gonna talk about, it. but I just want to say kudos to the, the folks who made Sonic the Hedgehog, Jim Carrey. Uh, James Marsden was the lead actor in that movie, so kudos to them for doing it and for great for doing it right. Uh, let's get to some tech stuff. Let's get to some nerd shit. Now we we've all, we've already spoken several times about Microsoft uh, doing away with Windows Seven, and you only get security updates here going forward, and everybody's being forced to switch to Windows Ten. Problem with Windows Ten is I never really trusted it. The fact of the matter is that Windows Ten was originally when you got it, it was free. Then they started charging for it again. Now it's free again because they're trying to get everybody away from Windows Seven. The fact is, is Windows Seven was never a bad product. Windows Seven was one of the more, uh, was actually one of my more favorite operating systems ever to use. It was clean. It was easy to use. It was easy to navigate. You had everything was available for it. The only thing it doesn't have is apps. It has programs, but it doesn't have apps. You could still dual boot on it. It was it was great. It was um it worked well with a. The only issue I really had with it compared compared with like Ubuntu, which is an open source product like from Linux. Compared to that, you did have issues finding drivers when you were rolling back. A, uh, say you bought a computer and it had Windows 10 on it, and you wanted to roll it back to Windows 7, which you can do. If you can't do it with the hard drive that's in it, you kick that. You take that hard drive. You kick it to the fucking curb. You go and buy another hard drive a SSD because SSDs are cheap and super fast nowadays. And then you can put Windows 7 on that, but you have to go and find some of the drivers. So that takes a little bit of tinkering. But I have to tell you, it's absolutely worth it, especially now. This is the one thing that's happening now, from especially from Tech Radar. There are some serious security. They were talking about micro, Microsoft Windows 7, Windows 7 Home, Premium, and Ultimate being serious security issues. And it turns out that Microsoft Windows 10 the one that everybody's being pushed to that takes up, that has uh, more data mining, has takes up more resources from your computer, so you need, you need a stronger computer to run it. It's the one turning... This turns out that Microsoft Windows 10 has more, way more security issues and way more glitches than Microsoft Windows 7 ever had. Microsoft Windows 7 was one of the more stable uh, corporate... OS's that I've ever used. Windows 10, I never really liked. It was it was interesting, but I never liked it. I never felt to it to be fast or or uh, streamlined. I always felt it to be glitchy, and it just I didn't like it. And I didn't feel like it was ever secure. 
I just, I didn't enjoy it. And I felt that there was far more restrictions. And if you had a computer with not a lot of hard drive space, if in the very, very beginning, if you were upgrading a computer from like Windows 8.1, which was dog shit to Windows 10, chances are that computer had built in, if it had built in like a 32 gig space, then there's a serious problem there because upgrades would be, uh, you wouldn't be able to get fit upgrades into the computer. And it just, it, it left your computer in limbo. Like I had this old, uh, Ace, uh, Asus, um, it's like a little netbook and I would love to be able to, uh, to put, to put Ubuntu on it because it's, it's already, uh, maxed out at 32 gig of, uh, of actual hard drive space and two gig of Ram. Can't go any higher than that. It's just a flat board. Can't do anything. It's all soldered on. If I could put Ubuntu on it, that would be great. Then it would be a really useful machine. For now, it's really just a backup computer. Uh, but even this one right here, this 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 new rescue that I have, this I, this fifth gen i7, I would never put Windows 10 on this fucking thing. Not in a million years. I would put Ubuntu on this computer before I would switch it over to Windows 10. And there's another problem with it too. Apparently, there's a serious glitch with Windows 10 when it comes to if you save anything on the desktop, whether it's shortcuts, important files, your taxes, your taxes. You put anything on there, there's a serious risk right now that due to a, due to an account glitch, a user glitch, it will delete the files on the desktop. Microsoft Windows 7 never did that. So on top of that, there's there's update malware, there's security issues, there's deletion issues, there's um, fraud, and everybody said that the security issues would be a Windows 7. And yet everybody's focusing on Windows 10 because all the forced migration is being brought over to Windows 10. Windows 10, I have experienced nothing but problems more and more recently. And you know what? I bet you I could still I could start a, I could build a computer right now. I could build a computer right now based on Windows XP. And I could probably get it to run pretty decently right now. That's the thing. There will be some issues and some out-of-date issues, but since Windows, since Microsoft is still putting out security updates for Windows 7, I'm not, uh, not going to change it. I'm not doing it. And you know what? I'm still, for computers that I'm fixing for people, I'm installing Windows 7. The reason I'm installing Windows 7 is it's cheap. And your computer is only as, it's at risk as the user. So you as the user being irresponsible, going to irresponsible websites and doing certain things like that, then it's on you, okay? And as far as you can install, you can install security software on there. There's plenty out there that still support Windows 7. You have, I, I don't. I Give me somebody who strongly disagrees. I would love to hear from somebody who says that you should be upgrading to Windows 10 uh, over Windows 7. If you want to make an argument for Ubuntu or another open source software, you're more than welcome to. I'm certainly okay with that. Matter of fact, I I put uh, anybody who's running a older dual core uh, computer, you definitely should be putting Ubuntu on there and then learning how to install drivers, install video codecs, install whatever the hell you want to call it. Other programs that are set up for Windows, but you can't you can install them on Ubuntu. You can. You just have to learn how Ubuntu works. And Ubuntu, if you're just jumping on board with it, is a, is a pain in the ass. Once you learn how to use it, it's more than likely a piece of cake. It's just that we're getting older and we're, we're our mindsets, we're set on certain things. We're used to certain things. And getting used to Ubuntu breaking that mold 
It finds drivers quicker. It's really, really fast. It requires less resources, as I just stated. It doesn't take up as much space on your hard drive. It already has Firefox built into it, so it's a great web browser already built in. And it has a version of Microsoft Office of it. Not Microsoft Office, but LibreOffice. LibreOffice is very capable. So you get your PowerPoints, your Excels, your Access, I think, your uh, your Microsoft Word, that type. So you have everything you need in a, in a web surfing computer. And it also comes with Mozilla Thunderbird email. So you have all your stuff set up, ready to go. And it takes almost no time to set up. So if you're just looking for a computer to surf the web with and do a little email and maybe do some word processing, you take your older computer, you're good to go. And I wouldn't, and you'd be done. But if you're going to have a Windows computer, I just stick with Windows 7. Just stick with Windows 7 because, quite frankly, I just, I recommend it. Uh, I'm running, I have one computer running Windows 10. That's it. Everything else, one computer is running Ubuntu and everything else is running Windows 7. Everything that runs the podcast is running Windows 7. The little computer behind me is running Windows 7 Starter. I'm not changing it. No. Stick with what works. Stick with what works. If, there's a, if, there, if, you, if you could show me a solid reason why I should take the time to make the upgrade, then okay, I'll consider it. Security threats, yes. Windows 7 out there, they're no longer supporting it. Well, Windows, first of all, Microsoft is going out of their way to do everything they can by, by focusing everything on Windows 10. And yet, with all their focus on Windows 10, they're still fucking it up. They're still fucking it up. There's tons of malware. There's tons of security breaks. There's tons of uh, fixes, apparently. That, and it's a serious problem. And they're trying to... And there, there's tons of articles that I read every day about, come on, get rid of Windows 7 already. No, I'm not doing it. It works. It works. It runs all of my programs. I have to say... God damn it. There's a reason why... There's a, It's a... It's not like it's not tradition. It's just you know what works. Sometimes what's always the latest and greatest isn't always what it seems to be. Windows 7 works. I want y'all to stick with it. Trust me on it, okay? Any computer, especially with older computers, because they just want you to go out there and spend money. Because, yes, you have to go out and you can get Windows 10 for free, but you're going to need more resources in order to run it. Now, you could take those resources, any of those resources that would you, you could use, the hardware you would use to make your computer run faster on Windows 10, it will be blitzing, it'll be blitzed with Windows 7. Windows 7 is far faster, okay? And you know what? It looks nicer, too. So, uh, I rambled through that. I want to get to the next article. I got a bunch of stuff here. Uh, this one pissed me off, too. Uh, as you guys know, I'm definitely a car guy. Hmm. This is an article I found on Auto Evolution. Now, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bouncing through stuff today. I'm just gonna go. There's no segues here. We're just gonna bounce from article to article to article, and then we're gonna get right to the Q and A's. All right, I'm not gonna try to. Uh, this is the open mic of of the positive sarcasm universe. I don't need to do. I don't need to do perfect segues or anything like that. I can just smash into walls until I get to where I need to go. This is the forest, and I'm just trying to find my way out. And I might hit a tree here and there. I'm also on a high amount of caffeine, and I had the crazy-ass hiccups as of recently. I was trying to figure that out. Probably because all that pasta sauce I had. No pasta, just the sauce. All right, auto evolution. Uh, here's a photo with a Ferrari that can cost you $6,000. All right, if you're going to be doing stupid stuff, it would be recommended you don't post about it on social media, especially if said stupid stuff involves jumping on the hood of a Ferrari that's not yours and causing expensive damage to it in the process. Call us a cautionary tale. A bunch of kids, three of them, El Paso, Texas, driving a Kia Soul 
dreaming of jumping behind the wheel of a red Ferrari California. Uh, Ferrari California is a convertible. Comes with a 3.9 liter V8 pumping out around 400 horsepower. Uh, showing it off on social media, such a prancing horse, and blah, blah, blah. A couple weeks ago, Richard Street visited his parents and spent the night. He left his car out in the driveway, and when he woke up the next morning, he found it scratched and dented. Sometime later, after viewing security footage and speaking to the neighbors, he learned that a bunch of kids had pulled up to his Ferrari in a green Kia, jumped on the hood to take photos, and then fled when they heard someone approaching. Streep reached out to social media in the hope he might track down the culprits. Instead, he says he got mockery and insults, many of them along the lines of, if you can afford a Ferrari, you can very well afford to cover the damage or serves you right for buying a Ferrari and not putting it in the garage overnight. I hate those people. For the record, I'm probably one of those people. For the record, Streep says he worked his butt off for as many years, quote, patients, but to be able to afford the car of his dreams. It's a nice car. He also asked how many other car owners' situation would have felt to see if their personal property th- was thrashed like that. Some days later, he got the first piece of good news. After he filed a police report, he initially posted he got some help and insight when someone reached out to him and gave him a photo of the kids on the hood of his car. Two of them on the hood, one reclining against and acting as if it was theirs. They had shared the pic on social media where it had taken some of a viral status. Since then, Streep tells KFOX 14 in an interview he's been contacted by the parents of all three teenagers who agreed to, quote, contribute towards covering the damages. And they're quite, and that's quite something. Streep has got an estimate of how much it would cost to remove all these traces of these three kids' tomfoolery, and it's a whopping $6,000. So these kids jumped on top. This fucking picture, oh my God. They're just standing there like a bunch of stupid gangsters in El Paso, Texas, on top of this dude. Now, a Ferrari California costs about $200,000 right off the bat. And now, normally, when you they put those initial baseline prices on them, Ferraris have a lot of options. And none of them are standard. Like None of them are free. These are expensive. I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars for any kind of option. So for you to be standing on top of it, I mean, that's a stupid thing to do. That's the one, th- it's really, I don't understand, I'm not going to be like, oh, these kids today. The fact is that's an absolutely stupid thing to do. Now, yeah, maybe you should part, you know what, if you have a Ferrari, there's no reason why, I get, if you want to leave it in your driveway, leave it in your driveway, all right? That's, I'm totally fine with that. It, the idea that just because you leave it in your driveway, these kids have every right to be standing on top of it, I don't think so. The fact, yeah, you park in your driveway. That's your driveway. These kids don't have any right to be standing on top of your $200,000 supercar for any reason whatsoever. Now, I like the fact that, you know, it's kind of funny when you think about it. A Ferrari, a Ferrari is, um, it's a beautiful car, don't get me wrong. I love it. It's just, I Ferraris, I don't normally, they don't, it doesn't seem like you're a very aggressive person when you're driving a Ferrari. Even if it is $6,000 in damages, it's a, still a Ferrari California. It's not a 458. It's not a 488. It's not a Berlinetta 5. Uh, it's, it's, not an, it's not the most aggressive. It's not an F40, you know, the which was, I forget what it's called. It's not a La Ferrari. It's not the heavy hitters of the Ferrari industry. It's just a California. Not like it's saying it's a Porsche Boxster, but it's definitely like the Cayman of the Ford, of the Ferraris. But, I mean, it is kind of a, a, a weaker-looking Ferrari. So, if, if for example, if you were... Let me think of it like this. If, you're, if these kids were on... If these kids were on the hood of a Ferrari, the owner would probably cry, call the police, and then go jerk off his girlfriend. 
Now, if it was an American-made muscle car and these kids were standing on top of it, well, that's more like a death sentence. So, for example, if you were standing on top of somebody's Corvette or somebody's Mustang, not saying I don't have a Mustang, but I kind of do, um, anybody's Camaro, well, better hope you have life insurance. Because after I'm driving my, I'm done driving my fucking knee into your chest, uh, probably going to go to your house, okay? Probably going to, yeah, probably going to drive my, yeah, first of all, I am definitely going to beat the living shit out of you. I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to empty your piggy bank, okay? And then I'm going to steal your computer. And after I'm done stealing your computer, I'm probably going to fuck your mom while your sister throws away all your baby pictures. So do yourself a favor. It's one thing to stand on top of a Ferrari, because that you're dealing with that type of owner. If you sit on if you sit on top of a, an Audi or a Volkswagen, you're gonna get that type of owner. If you stand on top of a muscle car with your dirty little Skechers, you're gonna get a person like, okay, I'm gonna go and pose on a Dodge Hellcat. You're gonna get murdered. You're gonna get torn into ten pieces, and then that guy's gonna go over there and he's gonna drop a digit on your grandma. So do yourselves a favor. Don't be doing stupid shit like that because you don't ever know. That's I, I cannot believe that there are that dumb of fucking people who live on this planet who would be standing on a Ferrari like that. Now, and you know what? I also, $6,000 coming out of the parents' pockets. That's a good question. Who, sh- who should pay for that? I don't think the parents should have to pay for it, and I think the kids should. I think the kids, if, if the parents have to pay for it, then the kids have to do co- some type of community service. And if it's $6,000 in between the three, uh, the three kids, then they got to do that much service for free. And it can't be weak. And if they don't, if they pass on it, then fuck it. Send them to jail or juvenile hall. I don't really care. What they did was absolutely stupid, though. You can go check it out. Your kids stand on top of Ferrari. It's on auto evolution, but it's an absolutely dumb thing to do. It's an absolutely stupid thing to do, the fact that you would stand on top of that like that. Well, I mean, and you know what's funny is it's $6,000 in damages, and, I mean, now, and you don't even get to drive it. $6,000 is not is bare, barely a percentage point for the amount that that car costs. It's 3%. Fucking idiots. They got away light. They got away light. But I just want to relay that message that, do yourself a favor, if you're going to fuck with somebody's car, you better know whose car you're fucking with because the understanding the idea is that that person might be clinically insane. That person might be more prone to do something stupid. If you drive a muscle car, you're there to prove a point. If you drive an old school classic car, you're out to prove a point that you have style, you have class, okay? Mercedes S-Class. You would never stand on top of that. That person would sue you into the ground, okay? That kid would, that person would send you back several generations. That kid, that person would put you back into the womb. You don't want to be doing that. That's just a, that is a true warning of what can happen when you truly think of doing something cool with your buddies. That Instagram photo cost you $2,000 per dummy. Don't ever fucking do it again. Anyways. Um, speaking of, uh, let's see, let's get to, I'm going to get to some nutrition. Hmm. So it is, it is cutting season, so I am getting ready to drop a significant amount of weight, so I'm really not uh, focusing on eating any carbs anymore. I've been doing pretty well, uh, with, the exception of, with the exception of tomato sauce. I love a little pasta sauce. But thankfully, uh, I mentioned this a few million podcasts back, that nutrition labels are finally getting changed. And this is the one thing I, I would like. I'd like to see more... In, uh, more of an ingredient breakdown, more breakdowns of the ingredients, more honest naming of the ingredients. 
But is, this is definitely a start, and I could appreciate that. Uh, the FDA has to take a stand when it comes to new caloric, and they need to educate the public. The public needs to be educated better on calories, where they're coming from, and how they react in your body. But this is from uh, Vitals, lifehacker.com. Nearly four years after we first told you about nutrition labels, they're finally changing. Calories are more prominent. Added sugars are in. So added sugars, for example, say you have like a fruit mix or something like that, and they add in sugar alcohols like erythritol or something like that. Remember, sugar alcohols, you have, if you have sugar, say you have three grams of sugar and three grams of sugar alcohol, you take that three grams of sugar alcohol and you cut it in half. So you have 1.5, it reacts in grams. So one, uh, it, it's Anything that's an alcohol is half. So one, three grams of sugar alcohol is 1.5 gra grams of sugar. That's how you want to, easy way to measure it. So you have three grams of sugar, three grams of sugar alcohols, you have four and a half grams of sugar solid. So that's basically four and a half carbs that are going into your body because the sugar is a carb. Uh, and that's how it'll act. So that's how you want to treat that. Now, it says that, so that would be considered an added sugar, uh, an alcohol, a sugar. All right, that'll be in. Uh, calories from fat are out. Although I would like to see that it, that be added in because it is still calories. So if you take in, you know, if you eat three avocados in a day, that's between six and 900 calories. So I would still like to see that. That's still information I can use to better myself. Uh, but the, but that is something that, uh, and of course, serving sizes. They're also at including more information on serving sizes. The changes were supposed to take effect years ago, but the deadline got pushed back. It's in effect for large companies and small companies need to get there. Okay, so the mandate's coming out for next year. Let's see, nobody cal cares about calories from fat anymore. I don't agree with that. The old labels were designed in the 90s when it was standard to advice to limit calories from fat to about a third of your total calories. But the total amount of your fat in your diet doesn't really matter that much. So the rule of thumb isn't the rule of thumb isn't helpful because you have polysaturated, polyunsaturated, polysaturated, saturated fats. I'd like to know more information about it. Fat grams are still on the label. So if you really want to make the calculation, just multiply the number of fat grams by nine. Okay. Added sugars are now required. The old labels told you sugar was in a food, but they didn't differentiate between the sugars that naturally occur. This is something you are going to be seeing now. You'll be seeing it a lot more in alternative ice creams. Um, so sugar, corn syrup used to sweeten applesauce. And then added sugar isn't nutritionally different from occurring sugar, naturally occurring sugar, like for example, an apple. Chemically, but foods with added sugar tend to have more empty calories. And seeing the number gives us more transparency about how our foods are processed. Serving sizes make more sense. So to, now it's up to third, third, blah, 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 blah. Best part, yeah. So serving sizes will help. You know, you know, you drink one kombucha drink. You drink one kombucha drink. That's actually two servings. So you're not getting six. To, it says six to eight grams of sugar. That's actually one of the servings. So when you drink a whole kombucha, kombucha you're getting 16 grams of sugar. So you need to take that into account. And generally, 50 grams of sugar will cause a, will cause a true insulin spike. Uh, some companies rejiggered their labels months or years ago, board of January. But smaller companies uh, do that less than $10 million in food sales annually. Okay, so companies that couldn't afford to change their labels uh, right off the bat are now doing that now due to the mandate, which is good, which is fine. I said when I had... Um, I had a guest in here uh, about a month or so ago, and we discussed food labels and quality of nutrition overall, and I think it's time for the Food and Drug Administration and um, USDA. I think it's one of the two. Both of them. Who cares? 
both of them to up their game and to up their standards in order, in order to serve the American public better quality of food. And if I have to pay a little bit more for the quality of my food, that's great. That means I'm getting better nutrition so I don't have to purchase as much and I can better tighten up what's being put in my body and I'm going to be healthier for it. I also need to know where my food is coming from because if you're getting your if you're getting your vegetables from outside the country, well, they have different regulations on what type of pesticides they use and what they're using for fertilizer and things like that. So you also want to take that into account where you're getting the where the food is coming from and what the laws are for pesticides and things like that. That will also uh you know, attract or deter yeah, that will change your decision making for sure. So those are one things to take into account. Now, when it talks about added sugars, if there if you are going to put sugars in your diet, you has to be the healthiest of sugars possible. Like for example, honey or any sugars that are built into the fruit or the vegetables that you're eating. Like even broccoli has sugar in it. Cauliflower has sugar in it. Peppers have sugar in them. Honey is a straight sugar. Now, if you are going to eat honey, I would recommend if you you have you go with organic honey. Because there's, there's certain types of honey that you normally could eat. There are three that, that, that are mentioned here in Mel Magazine. Manuka honey, unfiltered honey, which is like a flora honey. And then there's the clear shit with the teddy bear on it. That's the stuff you don't want to eat. Because that stuff has been completely boiled out. There's absolutely no nutrition in it. Once you start pasteurizing or heat, uh, heat curing uh, uh, a food, you can also kill off the good bacteria that's in it the good vitamins and nutrients that are in it, and then you're just getting left with the sugars and the crap. So with honey, there's a lot of organic farms all over the United States, all over the world that have more that have more floral notes. You're getting a lot more a lot di- more different flavors in them that you can choose from. Ames Farm in Minnesota, I think, is a company that you can look at if you want to get uh, very very delicious honey. That's one of the companies. But definitely go with the darker honeys that have more floral notes to them, and you're getting better sugar. You're getting uh, just better food for your body overall. If you need that sugar, that's the way I would recommend going. Um, Manuka honey, really quickly, made in Australia, New Zealand. Uh, it's it's uh, pollinated, believed to be the godfather of healthy honeys. Uh, let's see. It's found to be effective against chronic diarrhea and C. diff, a bacterium that can cause a life-threatening inflammation of the colon. Uh, it kills other diseases, a bacteria that causes ulcers. It kills that. It's antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and it has antioxidant benefits. So guess what? Go dark when it comes to honey. Why don't you go dark? Uh, dark unfiltered honeys like buckwheat honey, alfalfa honey, eucalyptus honey, jamum honey, uh, natural antibacterial and antiviral properties. Uh, those are things you want to look into account. I mean, every little thing that you buy, you should definitely look at the additional information on it to see if it can benefit you. Sometimes you don't have to go cheap. Even on hot dogs, don't go cheap. There's a reason. Cheap hot dogs are gross. Um, but good quality honey, definitely, it's like good buying good quality. If you're going to buy good olive oil, you should be buying good honey and and same thing with coconut oil you buy organic stuff that hasn't been super processed it is far better for you okay so the the chunks you want the chunks you want the pollen you want the flakes in there you want that stuff that stuff is good for you you know that it's more from the source okay that's true um Let's see. But you don't, that clear filtered honey can only go so far. And it's not doing you any favors. It's just giving you sugar. 
And if you're in a position where your body's not going to be processing it almost immediately, like burning it, if you're like running a marathon, and it's completely pointless. You want those micronutrients in order for your body to remain healthy. So I would highly recommend with these new nutritional labels that you take advantage of that and read through this information. You'll feel better. You'll feel better overall as a person as you go through your daily routine when you start making these minor adjustments of the food that you have and the food that you're going to have. And you start doing that, you are going to feel better. And I want you to feel better. You think I come on this podcast to talk shit all one hour long? No, I like to at least uh, give my audience some true information about how they can better their lives whether it's emotionally or physically or mentally or financially. So I want, there's some information here that I want you to take advantage of. So go, you can Google Mel Magazine and you can uh, look up the type of uh, honey that they're talking about. And then you can go to like Ames Farm, Ames Farm, A-M-E-S, Ames Farm. They have honeys that you can go and look up. I think they're out of Minnesota or Wisconsin. They're up there. They're up there in the cold weather. And, uh, then you can go ahead and you can look through all the, then you can like go to the dictionary, you know, Google uh, what type of honeys have what kind of notes and see how it works with the food that you're eating. So give that a shot because not all of us are, are doing high fat or keto type stuff like me. If you're going to have honey in your diet or some type of sugar, at least know where you're getting the product. You'll feel much better for it. Uh, let's see, $25 million going to NASA's budget. That's great. I don't care. Uh, cable come. All right, so we're at 40 minutes right here. Let's go right to the Q&As. And I didn't pick out any stocks for this week, so let me go ahead and check out stocks. Yeah, uh, if you guys also want to sign up to the Robinhood app, you go to my go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any match is appreciated, but if you go to that page, there's a, a link for the Robinhood app. And if you sign up using that Robinhood app, uh, using that link, you'll get a free stock between $3 and $150. You'll get a free stock, and then after a few days, you can sell it and then either put it into your bank account or you can take that money and invest it into a new stock. And then you can start learning about the stock market. How does it help me? I get a free stock for inviting you to the Robinhood app. It's legit, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And it's fun because it's your future, it's your money, you should be investing it. Why should it sit in your bank account when you could roll them bones in the stock market and actually make money very, very easily? Just don't bet on penny stocks. Now, the stocks I want to recommend this week, um, let's see. I still want to recommend Billy Billy because the thing right now, the thing that's scaring the stock market right now is the coronavirus. But actually, I already recommended Billy Billy. I want to recommend DocuSign, D-O-C-U. So stocks to watch, not to buy, but that well, if you want to buy them. DocuWatch, it's $91 a share right now. Uh, it's going up very quickly. And in off, that's so that's $91 a share. Zoom, ZM, $104 a share, also went up today. And if you don't quite have that amount of money and you want to invest in something small, then let's go ahead and let's go back to FCEL. I may have recommended them this week. I'm recommending them again. FCEL is a cell energy company. They're at 285 a share, and they've been going up the past couple weeks, and they're going to continue to rise because that market is starting to gather more attention since the alternative fuel source market is going through the roof. If you haven't noticed, Tesla's stock has gone through the fucking roof in the past uh, few weeks and has exploded over the year. They're currently at $919 a share. But if you're looking to get started in the stock market and you only have a little bit of money right now, I recommend two. A-U-Y, which is gold, which has a dividend payout of $4.43 per, per share. So basically four and a half bucks gets you one share. And then FCEL is 284 a share. So if you want to let your money ride for the long term, 
those are two that I would recommend. And then for large, for heavier hitters, B-I-L-I, DocuSign, which is D-O-C-U, and Zoom, Z-M. So go and check that out. Go to my link, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Click on the Robinhood referral banner. Here's the dig.com for this week, and then we'll close up shop. How can I convince my boyfriend to stop eating raw hamburger meat? A few weeks back, my friend... Uh, a few weeks back, a friend brought us some beef tartare. Mm, beef tartare. It was amazing. Boyfriend made it home, made it at home, and decided to use raw ground beef instead. He didn't tell me that I. He, oh my god! My boyfriend made it at home and decided to use raw ground beef instead. He didn't tell me that until I had ate it, like the kind you get prepackaged at the grocery store. It didn't get us sick at first, but he made quite a bit of it and didn't want to waste it. So he ate it until he, it was gone, and maybe two days after that. He got, quote, stomach flu maybe another two days after that. Now he has made it three more times and always gets the same stomach flu one or two days after. He refuses to see the correlation. It took some with him to work, and no one would eat it after he told him he would make it and with hamburger meat because they didn't want to get sick. Still, he believes that it would not, it's not making him sick, and this is the best way to make it. I told him we should talk to a doctor and see who's the crazy one. He said maybe if you... No, okay. No, 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 no. You don't make beef tartare with ground beef that you just got with the grocery store. You have to cook that 100%. That is hamburger meat. That is food prep meat. That is... at the And then if it's really bad, like, it's welfare meat if it's 73%. I cook with a minimum 80% to 20% ground beef. But you cook that, you don't tartar that you don't do that i know that when you use a lot of lemon and a lot of lime the enzymes kill the bacteria that's in it still that is a specific type of beef beef tartare is a high quality meat that is designed specifically for making tartare you do not take straight ground beef from the grocery store and do that it's not safe at all whatsoever that is meant to ground beef is meant to be cooked 100 percent if you're splitting it up and if you're making a burger out of it, it should be medium rare. It should not be raw in any way, shape, or form. Beef tartare is generally made out of a fine quality meat. You don't do that whatsoever. He's getting the stomach flu. I 100% of the fact that he this stomach flu, now I get it. Back in the day, we all used to eat raw meat and it was perfectly fine for us because our body had the gut biome to digest it. But the fact is that was organic meat fresh from the prairie on the yonder but this is meat that was uh, that was butchered in a factory with a, 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 a you know and factory farming needs a lot of upgrades in my opinion in order to be uh, more standard with the 21st century i still think there's a lot of practices that need to be upgraded for factory farming a lot a lot especially with the food that i take in as well i'm not a vegan and I believe that factory farming should still be upgraded. And you should not be taking that, fat, that, that ground beef in any capacity, whether it's standard USDA choice, USDA grade A, it doesn't matter. If it's processed for ground beef, you should be cooking it, not making it for tartare. That's a stupid decision. It's 100% the fact that he's getting the stomach flu. His body's not capable of handling all the antibiotics and all the other steroids and all the other shit that's in that ground beef that was shot into the cow in order to make it safe to eat. Well, safe in quotations it's not healthy your, your your boyfriend is a fucking idiot and he shouldn't be doing that okay then he should go and actually if he wants to don't go and have him visit a doctor go and have him visit somebody who actually makes beef tartare and have that person explain to him the difference between the meat that is made for tartare and the meat 
that is made for ground beef when making a hamburger. Completely different cooking techniques. Completely. All right. Well, good luck with him. He decides to take a chicken breast and make chicken tartare. He'll be dead in a month. So there's that. Um, I also had a couple more. Let's see. Mom, he's a babysitter. Okay. Here's another one. This one might, well, this one could go sideways real quick. They always almost do. How can I get my mom to agree to watch my kids for free one day a week? I have a four-year-old son and I'm expecting another child in a few months. Well, congratulations. I started my own business a few years ago. Congratulations once again. And my husband works full-time. And you're still married. Congratulations again. My My son is in daycare three days a week. Daycare is expensive. We cannot afford more right now. I asked mom if she would commit to helping me care for my son on one of the days when he is not in daycare. She balked at the suggestion and actually started yelling at me about it. She works as a sometime realtor, but makes herself very busy with women's groups and volunteer work. She makes me feel selfish for asking, but I really, but I really need the help to grow my business and support my family. I get upset that she doesn't want to help me when she spends so much time doing things that to me that to me aren't as important as helping her family. I'm going to come back to that point really quickly. She constantly calls me to tell me how busy she is, but it's with the things that are completely voluntary. And meanwhile, I'm drowning. I realize that she has her own life, but I can't see why she won't just agree to one day or even a half a half a day a week when she often helps my sister as a stay-at-home mom with three kids. All right. Now, is it your now it's it's your number one, yes, it is your responsibility to take care of your own kids. However, I do see the point when you're talking about you started your own business. That's great. And I I anybody who's looking to start their own business, I 100% 100% support you in that venture. And anybody who's willing to help you achieve that goal of making your business successful, I agree with you. Your husband works full time and if he can't do it i completely understand first of all good on your husband for working full time and still being with you and the fact that you have a four-year-old son and you're making another kid that's fine i'm not gonna fault you for wanting to have two kids either i can understand why your mom now you said right here uh I get upset that she doesn't want to help me when she spends so much time doing things that, to me, aren't as important. Now, it's not for you to judge what your mom deems as important. Your mom is trying to live her own life. But she did have you, and she spent a lot of time taking care of you. And maybe, I think it would be, I'm going to not say who's, there's no douchebag in this situation. But you know what? I think it would be interesting for your mom or, yeah, I think or your mom or somebody in that realm to support you in starting your own business. I think that's important. And whatever the situation is, I'm not here to give you free money, but I would support anybody who is looking to start their own business because it's fucking hard. And if the fact is, is that if you could use a day, one day or a half a day to get some, literally one free hour a week, you can accomplish so much with that time. And I think that your mom, if she just allocated a little bit of time to helping you, uh, you, you know, here, take Junior over here for six hours and that's it. You're spending time with your grandkids. Spend time with your grandkids, your gra- one of them at least, and now I can go ahead and, uh, you know, focus on this stuff for a little bit. It'll help me. And you know what? Now you, it's, I see, I would encourage the mom, the not the mom, the grandma, basically, to uh, hop in a little bit. Hop in a little. I'm not going to tell her what to do with her life. She's an individual. Fine. She already had her kids and she's out. 
But you know what? One day wouldn't hurt. And I really, I at this point, I want community. I want neighborhood. I want people to kind of look after each other and family before community above all else. So if the family can do their part just a little bit to help this mom start her own business or at least allocate some time to starting her own business while the husband works full time, if he can't do it either, then I'm okay with it. And I think the mom should help out. I do. I really do. So that's my thoughts on that one. Let's do one more and let's get out of here. In-law cost spreads insurance. Oh, Jesus. Why does my brother-in-law deliberately cough to spread his germs around when he's sick? When my brother-in-law is sick, he loves to cough. He says he wants to spread his germs around. Recently, we went out to eat with him and he coughed into his hands and not into his elbow. He kept coughing throughout the meal. No one wants his sickness. I find it difficult to be around him. My brother-in-law is also a bully. And I believe this is part of his love of bullying, spreading illness to others. Please tell people to stay home when they are sick, cough into their elbows, and see a pulmonary specialist if their cough lasts more than a month. Well, I don't care about what that part, the last part you said. But as far as family goes or anybody in your life, if they're going out of their way to deliberately sped, spread germs, then get, take those people, get rid of them. Take them completely out of your life. You don't need those people. Anybody who's spreading, spreading lies, spreading drama, spreading fucking neuro or uh, you know, spreading toxins, they can go. Any type of toxins, you need to kick those people out of your life. You need to be like, listen, the family doesn't want you around because all you do is get people sick. All you do is get people sick. So why the fuck would you want to have these people in your life? If they bring you no joy, they bring you no meaning, they bring you no use, why would you continue to have them in the household to begin with? I don't understand why people, oh, because he's family. Fuck that. Fuck that. I wouldn't want to waste my time having these people in my life at all. They're completely useless if all they're doing. I mean, does he leave Does he leave without paying the check or splitting with you or at least leaving a tip? No, the only thing he t- leaves is a fucking uh, uh, a vast amount of mucus on the table. And you're going to get everybody sick at the same time? No wonder the coronavirus has already killed hundreds of people in fucking China. This is ridiculous. I absolutely, uh, I think you should just take your brother-in-law and kick him to the fucking curb. Just kick him to the curb. Block him on all social media, delete his phone number, and that's the end of it. I think that's the best way to get rid of people like this is just seclude them. Seclude them from the family, banish them from everything, and uh, completely get rid of them. I think they're absolutely useless people. I think he's just a disgusting individual to begin with. And I don't. And now it, that's the best way. That's the best way to stand up to a bully is basically just kick him out of your life altogether. Be like, listen, you're not welcome here anymore. If you show up in our driveway, we're going to call the fucking police and we're going to have them escort you away because you're absolutely not helping anybody whatsoever by coughing and getting you know you know spreading your bullshit. If you can't spread your he's, the way he's thinking is if he can't spread his seed, he's gonna spread his his fucking bacteria. He's a piece of shit. Your brother in law is a piece of shit. Okay, uh, we're at fifty three minutes. I'm gonna close up shop for the day. I also wanted to mention here one thing because the whole Comcast thing is like a you know, uh, well the cable company thing is an issue that I always like to uh, mention. Now they did send say something about Harry Casianis, a guy I mentioned a while back about this. Uh, what is it called? It's a pay TV, pull a cable, okay, service protection plans. Go and look at your cable bill and see if there's something on there uh, that, that sounds remotely like a service protection bill. Things that you should get rid of in your cable bill. Number one, your rental wireless modem slash router. Send that back to Comcast or Cox or uh, whatever, whoever your, your cable provider is. Send that back and go buy used ones on Amazon or eBay, and you will save yourself between 5 and $10 a month on having your own. Com- and they'll activate them for free. 
Okay, they have to activate them for free. That'll save you an extra 10 bucks, five to 10 bucks a month on your cable bill. And then go and check for this service protection plan because you're never gonna use it. And that could possibly save you, due to, due to this fine gentleman right here, uh, it'll save you possibly another five to $10 on top of that. And since Comcast is already raising its rates again, since they lost over $700,000 700, customers last year alone, then you know what? They're gonna raise their rates. So in, it, it's it behooves you to look at your cable bill and see what you can cut as much as you can. And then see, if, of course, if there's other ways that you can kick the, kick them to the curb for a couple months until the new uh, lower, uh, less expensive, you're, you're eligible for lower plans. And when they are, that's what they do. That's the kicker is you want to quit so you can get those lower, those cheaper plans, but you have to be done with Comcast for two months before you come back. And then... You can you can check out those lower plans if they're available in your area, but if they are and you can use somebody else's hotspot for two months, then totally totally do that and then come back to Comcast or whatever and take advantage of those new plans. Fuck them, it's a lot of money. Why should it's a lot of money that they're charging you? So absolutely, and I'm saving plenty of cash now. Now I can go and pay for more supplements and I can pay for you know parts for my car and all that other stuff. And you know what I. Overall, like right here, right here, uh, I feel so much better now that I have don't have to deal with that anymore. Like I have, it's a little victory, and I want you guys to 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 get a little bit out of it as well. So go ahead and kick, you know, send your router back to 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 your cable company. Go and buy your own. They're super easy to set up. Um, go get a millennial; they'll they'll set it right up for you. And then check for the service protection bill and see if you can cancel that as well. Anyways, we are now we're at fifty six minutes. I'm definitely done for the day. I got I got shit I got shit to do. I got clients and people to call and dinner to have with a buddy of mine. And uh, I gotta I gotta do something with those shoes or something wrong with those. That's another th topic for another day. Anyways, uh, I want to thank you guys all for dropping in on this chaotic Wednesday of mine. I got a bunch of other information. I definitely flew right through everything like I normally do. But until then, you can go ahead and check out my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. You can go ahead and hit me up on Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm, Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm, uh, and you can go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Go ahead and check out posing music for bodybuilders, article archive, movie reviews, all that other stuff. But until then, um, you can find if you want to subscribe to the actual podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, uh, I'm on all of them. Podcast that? Did I mention that one? I probably already mentioned that one. But yeah, go ahead. I'm everywhere. Go ahead and check it out. And you can download and stream directly from PositiveSarcasm.com. So until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will check in on you next week. I will check in on you next week. Until then, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Deuces. Sometimes something beautiful happens in this world. You don't know how to express yourself, so you just gotta sing. It felt so good when I did it with my parents.
penis yeah. Girl, let me do it It literally just happened yeah. Having sex can make a nice man out the meanest Never guess where I just came from I had sex If I had to describe the feeling It was the best When I had the sex Man, my penis felt great And I called my parents right after I was done Oh, hey, didn't see you there Guess what I just did Had sex, undressed Saw her boobies and the rest Was sure nice of her to let you do that thing Nice of any girl ever Now sing of my life. I'm so humbled by a girl's ability to let me do it. Cause honestly I'd have sex with a pile of manure. With that in mind, the soft nice smelling girl's better. But she let me wear my chain and my turtleneck sweater. So this one's this podcast go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com slash donate